Hello, Jamie. Hello, Matt. And welcome back, everybody. This is 9 the podcast of business owners that just will not, cannot, should not, don't, stop. Mm, yeah, the last one. Brought to you by Iwaka. Yeah. How you doing? I'm very well, pal. I'm very well. I'm, a, I'm slightly coldy today, so I had a lovely interview with some... Um, some business owners yesterday that's going to be broadcast in a couple of weeks, I think. And um, I was just, I started feeling a bit under the weather. There's this horrible virus going around. And then everyone's also, I think, getting worried that there's illness spreading at this time of the year. It's, uh, it's not great. Don't feel, don't feel tip top. Oh, well, I'm mentally, very, I'm very sorry for mentally, that. I'm sorry that you feel, feel a bit under the weather. Oh, yes, I see the... Uh, <laughs> The love and the support <laughs> is coming back to me as it did yeah, to you when you were ill. Well, I haven't yeah. yet. Well, when I'm ill, it's completely different. different yeah, you, the so. world has ended for you yeah. when you're ill. Yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. We've actually got cold weather. Um, I'm doing a load of work, doing a load of cycling stuff. I've started mm. an Iwaka Fitness Club. Are you actually I'm leading participating? It. Yeah. Is this just because you've decided enough's enough? Well, I'm trying. I'm I'm doing some very. I find them very exciting initiatives with cycling and business owners, yeah. and I want to get Iwakans involved. But I think if I launched an Iwaka Cycle Club, it's a little bit, it's a little bit too niche, too soon. So yeah. I'm I'm using the power so of a like general, the fintech fitness club, raise the, the to, base level of fitness to a point where people might actually want to cycle. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. It's a bit yeah. of a. It's going to be a bit of a cult. So I'll, I'll train them in my image. So I'm really excited by my devious plans to get more people into healthy exercise. Your devious plans <laughs> to trick people to become <laughs> healthy. Oh, I can't wait to see the results. You running up and down the office on your own. I have ordered a stopwatch and a whistle, which have come. And I'm going to get some leg warmers as well. I am going to be Richard top. Richard oh, wow. Simmons. I'm going to be I'm going to be doing it up be, and down the stairs. Full lycra, Mr. Motivator style. Yeah, or? I, I think that's obligatory, isn't it? I think so. Yes. As our photos. <laughs> obligatory so. uh, HR complaint. I think. Um, no, let's go. Let's. Uh, we're rambling on. Let's go into the stories. You've got some news story. You've got a new story. I've got a new story. What you got? Yeah, that's normally what we do. Um, so this week, I wanted to talk about something that's in recent times has just sort of re- uh, popped up again. It's admittedly it's a little bit london-esque so it's not not full country but it certainly applies to all the home counties uh the whole southeast and anyone else who's ever coming into london um so if you did know jamie or didn't know there is what a uh, ultra low emission zone in london yes you're aware uh, I, of I am aware of that as well as the low emission zone They've just added another one in. I've seen the signs. You've seen the signs. Brilliant. So the the ULEZ um, is designed to keep uh, to reduce pollution, which so far it has done very well. So in the time that it's been um, put in place, they re- they believe that emissions from cars, like carbon emissions, have dropped by about thirty percent. Thirty percent in 30% in the city in, in the city in central London. So pollution has dropped thirty percent in the city, which is obviously good for everyone. Um, one of the things that this zone entails is you get charged fees if you come into the city and your vehicle is not up to spec on the emission standard. So if you don't How do have, they know that? So every car has a rating on the emissions. So it's all done through number plate scanning. Mm. Um, effectively, you're looking for... <laughs> very Orwellian. <laughs> very big brother. Um, you're looking for uh, Euro 6 emission standard and and better is what you need to be able to drive for free in central London. So to tempt and coerce 
business owners and, and peoples to change their vehicles and upgrade them. Uh, there was a fund launched a couple of years ago now um, for the van scrappage scheme. But sadly, it didn't really hit the ground running. It's to date not really made much of an impact. And recently, in the last couple of weeks, it's actually been increased um, by sort of the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. And what, the amount of money that you would get? Exactly. So yeah. let me let me recap then. So if you have a van that's really crappy and is polluting... Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, killing, the, killing the world. Yeah. Killing the world, right? Um, all really bad. Yeah. Um, you previously could scrap it, but you wouldn't get very much money. So, now you yeah. get more money. So exactly, that's exactly what they've done. So previously you used to get £3,000 towards a new vehicle if you scrapped that van. Uh, or you got 6000 towards an electric vehicle. Now they've increased it to £6,000 contribution and £8,000, I believe, towards an electric vehicle. So it's becoming a bit more realistic that people might take advantage of it. Um, but it just, it really intrigued How me. How much does story. a van cost? Well, this is it. So you look at, um, I just did a quick search for, say, a sprinter van, secondhand sprinter van. So we're talking a normal, normal sized workman's van would be minimum 12,000. Okay. 15,000 for an uh, okayish one and upwards of 20 for anything brand new and, and so shiny. You've, you've still got quite an outlay then. Exactly. So I think that's been the biggest reason that they're very surprised that no one's taken up the scheme. And <laughs> you think, well, if you're only going to give someone th- like a quarter of the value of their what they're changing and actually it works out cheaper for them to pay the fee, then that's what they're going to do. It's like a buy or rent situation, isn't it? Like with housing, right? Like it's sort of, you can just keep on paying this higher than like... Higher cost. Higher cost, but more regular. More regular, more more spread spread out. Well, what do you think the solution is then? Well, no, I think they're going in the right direction by offering more of a monetary option for people to, to like change the vehicles. You just think it should be more? I think they just should have done it sooner. It's like you look around the country, you've got all these different schemes operated for different grants and different money money uh, back schemes. So we got, we've got we talked about one previously, the uh, Rural Growth Fund. Do you remember that one? The no. Growth Fund for rural businesses to help them grow more. We, we had a lovely time. <laughs> I'm sure we did some puns on growth. <laughs> you did many, yes. Um, so that's, that's coming to the end of its application phase. Um, we're in the last couple of weeks now where you can apply for between 25,000 or 20,000 and 750,000 if you're a small business in a rural area to increase your reach um, and increase the amount that you're doing for the local community. So it's just application, pop the application in, if selected, then you could be uh, eligible for a grant. But it's one of those schemes or grants that, again, is just quite underknown unless you're very much on the ball with the uh, the government offerings. Mm. It sort of begs the question sometimes: grant, finance, finance, grant. If you don't know about the grants, what you know? What can you do? What can you do? Well, I can tell you what you could do. You Ooh. could go to Iwaka forward slash insights oh, or forward slash finance explained actually, and then we do have a very good article on uh, Ooh, shameless plug, small Jamie. business grants. Shameless so please check that out. The header content areas, but <laughs> work on the plugin. Um, uh, I've got another plug coming up as well. But just before, so roundup, government's giving away a lot of money for businesses. You just know you need to know just where to find have it. Have a look on government website once in a while. Um, yeah, talk to your accountant, talk to any business mentor you might have. Make sure you're not missing out, especially things like the, the low emissions or ultra low emission zone. Um, <clears throat> it might, you know, work it out. Look at your monthly costs. If it works out cheaper, as it probably will, to change the vehicle, 
it's definitely worth considering to stop yourself having to pay those fines. Okay, and if you don't live in the southeast, you can now skip to this part of the podcast Yay! where we'll go into sorry, the rest of the sorry. news. We'll get more. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll look more f- further north next week. <laughs> no, the news. Um, I haven't looked very far ahead. I have to say, I have looked to a news story that we ran recently. Did you see it? It was um, mm, no, no. It was what story. It was in all the regional papers. Oh. It was uh, in a few of the nationals on the Daily Mail. Really? Yes. This is the fact that we've reported and we discovered uh, at iWalker that SME lending from the UK's major banks fell by 8% between 2014 and 2018. 8%? 8%. The funding has retrenched. 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 How dry are you trying to make this podcast? This episode. Come on, Jamie. Retrenched is a good word. It's a great word. It's like 1917 sort of. No, I, I think of World War I. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, the Northwest experienced the biggest drop in funding at 16%, uh, which was a total of £1.6 billion less lent. In the uh, last four years? In the last four years. Well, from 2014 to 2018. Okay, sorry. Uh, the yeah. full figures are not out for 2019 yet. But what I thought was the really compelling twist to this is that the areas where um, lending has retrenched, gone back, Stopped. What word would you like me to use? What? Become what? less. Be- oh, wow. That's much more <laughs> eloquent. Jeez. Don't get you in the content team. Um, is in areas where there is the highest deprivation. So Blackpool uh, apparently has is the highest, uh, is the most deprived um, on the deprivation scale in the UK. Uh, it's also one in the northwest where the area where the funding has become the least. So how do they work out this deprivation scale? What's the background on that? Then? Uh, there is a deprivation index, um, right. which measures a lot of different things, such as average wage, uh, amount of disposable income, I believe, are different factors than access to facilities, I'm sure. Um, I'm guessing a few of these, but property prices, yeah, all of that, and it goes into it as what the 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 area is. Conversely, London, which is it has deprived areas, but as an aggregate is is the most affluent part of the country, saw the um, the least reduction in it, which was just three percent. Right. Okay. Of course, what we're seeing is we're increasing our lending at the same time as a company. So not not plugging it too much, but. Where banks are closing, where bank branches are closing, we've touched touched upon this quite a few times actually. Yeah. That bank branches are closing in communities. Three thousand three hundred twelve between twenty fifteen and twenty nineteen January. Yeah, um, and lending is also decreasing in those areas as well, and conceivably because people aren't going in and talking to their branch manager. Maybe I don't know. The, you don't. You can't draw causation. And there's lots of anecdotal stuff yeah. in there, and I've, lo- I've looked into it a lot as well because of the, the, the sort of businesses I work with. It's uh, A lot of it comes into people wanting a digital experience, but the digital experience for business borrowing is terrible, whereas for consumer borrowing, the, business, the online experience is quite seamless nowadays. Yeah, exactly. From, uh, from incumbents, yeah. Yeah, so more people are doing online stuff, but they're less going into the branches, but still branches are an important part of it. What I found particularly interesting, I'm, I'm just throwing a lot of stats at you. But you I, are. <laughs> I'm just going stats, stats, stats. I've been doing a lot of research, and I hopefully will be doing a special feature at some point this year on the Shetland Islands. Right. And they actually saw the largest rise in SME lending of 75% increase in the Shetland Islands. Really? Um, yep. And they've not had one... What's going on in the Shetland Islands then? Well, what is going on in the Shetland Islands? I'm glad you've <laughs> asked that question. Do you know, 
right? This, I'm becoming a bit of a Shetland Islands buff. Have you ever been there? No, I've never been there. No, I've never been there either. I really want to well, go. You need to go, I feel, yes. They have the longest life expectancy of um, businesses that have just started. So right. 56% of businesses that start up last five years. Okay, right, which is quite incredible against the yep. normal odds. Yeah. And they're also part of the group, the, the, the Scottish islands, the, uh, the Outer Hebrides, etc., are also the fastest paying companies uh, on average. So, you know, when you do invoice terms, yeah, yeah. they pay back quicker than the rest of the country. Now they're getting more lending and, um, and they've retained all their bank branches. So if you ever wanted to go to a financial small business utopia... All the, all the, to the Outer Hebrides or the Shetland Islands. Exactly right. All right. So I want to... There is a massive caveat in that plan, though. It's, You'd never see the sun again. Uh, you would in the summer. Okay, a couple of days. <laughs> do, you, do you know how the seasons work, mate? <laughs> I do, and I don't know how they you work, know in especially the... in Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I don't agree. I think, it's, uh, I think it's a utopian paradise, and I can't wait fantastic. to go there and talk more. Um, that was that was that was my news story. So okay, so two shameless eyewalker plugs. Two shameless eyewalker plugs. I quite liked it. It's quite fun. I think you take the next bit now, though, don't you? There is. So we've got um, we've changed our inventions. We're now looking at business spotlights. Do you remember that? Oh yes, it's not inventions and innovations. It's mm. a business spotlight, but so still with quite a f- heavy, quite a heavy, quite a heavy focus on inventions. Because uh, let's face it, inventions are great. Yeah, much more interesting than uh, than other things. Um, so, have you ever heard of Uplift Desk, the company? Is well, the company's Uplift. You yeah, know what that rem- desk. you know what that reminds me of. What? Yeah. Have you ever seen the meme where the person's sitting on the, uh, the de- like sitting beside the desk, and then something happens, and he tips the whole table over? <laughs> That's what I imagine their motto is. Their like right, logo. So just chuck it. Do what they want. Yeah. Just like so uplift the desk. There's a, there's a, a half truth to that. So the, the idea behind Uplift and their desks is they have a combination of standing and sitting desks. So and most of the like, quite a lot of their products. What are, just two si- different size table? <coughs> excuse me. A lot of their products are designed to be both. So when you want the benefit of being able to sit down and relax, you can have a sitting desk. Then they have motorized legs on it, so you can actually change it into a standing desk if you wanted to have a more. I do have one of those versatile. What uh, an uplift desk! I don't have an uplift desk, no. but I have a sit stand desk. Okay, so you manually just. Crank it up and down, do you? Well, you press you you press the things and it shoots up and you push okay. it down. So yeah, this is along the same concept but a bit more technological. Um, so you can yeah you can have the whole desk will go up and you can have a nice standing desk. You can wander about if you're in between meetings. I don't know how I use them occasionally. Not a big fan. Um, but what they've brought you're a Neely person, aren't you? I'm a Neely person. Yes. Um, what they've brought out is great. It's uh, do you ever have a situation where you're better at working after you've had a, a little power nap or you've been in jobs where you're working strange hours so you feel the need just to just get some sleep in here or there i will honestly admit hand on heart i have not okay are you a young parent no okay so you probably not don't yet. come across many of these situations but if you did they've brought out an uh, standing desk hammock a, s- a what so it's a hammock that you fit underneath your standing desk so if you've got, if you imagine you've got a six, uh, it's quite a large desk, five, five foot, six foot desk, you can have a hammock that hangs underneath it. So when the desk is in standing mode and you get a bit tired, you can just retreat under your desk and have a little power nap. No. Yeah. Who would do that? 
Uh, well, I for one definitely would. I'm not. I probably you would wouldn't use it do having that in a nap. The middle of the day. I wouldn't have a nap. I'll be honest. I'd probably use it just to be able to lay in a hammock and work on a laptop. I think would be more my preference. But I can totally understand it. Why? Because it would be ideal for things like late nights or if you did really need a nap after a big heavy night, for example. Maybe more relaxed office environments than we're used to. As in, okay, I, sorry, actually, no. Sorry, what? Hang, let me just rethink that. I've seen people going through the office on unicycles. Um, okay, maybe not. Yeah, maybe, maybe it would work exceptionally well here. We do have a sleeping room, don't we? So, but no, I think, you know, is that something that you'd enjoy or...? No, but, 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 um, I could, well, because I just, I think hammocks are one of those things. I've always thought this about a hammock is that everybody gets really excited by a hammock. Yeah. They're like, oh, it's so good. I'm a pirate. Like, no, they are comfy though. But yeah, you get in it and then it's kind of comfy, but then yeah, it's kind of like, it's one of those things that everybody buys and everybody hangs up and then don't actually use. See, you say that I used to have a hammock at my last house and I used it probably every day from about March to October. Doing what? Laying in it, sleeping in it, reading, relaxing, huh? generally unwinding. Maybe I'm mistaken. I don't no. know. Mm. But I do I do think it's a good um it's a good trend to highlight and spotlight in general, which is this uh, office health tech um, that and it's also repurposing it's making use of something that's already there i think it's f- deciding what else you can do with this item that can bring profit to the business for for uplift equally use useful for the consumer now that is a good point actually about uh, multi multi-use my perception is that products that has multiple uses were sort of going out of fashion a little bit. And the Swiss Army knife will never go out of fashion. But it kind of is. It's like those 1990s things where it's like you can can mop your floor and you can also (laughs) cut your bread at the same time. Like, you know, 200 different things. What version did you have? Honestly, mine just had a screwdriver and a corkscrew on it. Uh, I wasn't talking about a knife. I was talking about a, a mop with a bread knife on the end of it. Right. Um, Very inefficient. Yeah. yeah. I just don't think multi-product, we're completely tangenting, but I think this is the nature of the show, really, isn't it? But I don't think consumers these days want th- um, it's products. It's repurposing. I'd say they do. I don't look think... at retro retro fashion trend that kicked in about three years ago. It was all about repurposing things. Yeah. Turning re- bottles into lamp holders. And... That, that's slightly different. That's taking something that once had one use and then making it into something like that had another use. Okay, yeah. yeah, this is something where it has multiple uses at the same time, but those uses aren't as good. I think. I mean, like this bottle, for example, hold, holds bottle. Holds. I could drink water from it, or I could beat you around the head with it. It's a it's multi multi purpose item. Yeah, I actually, and it would work efficiently for both. They. Um, it's it's a bit. <laughs> thanks, mate. Has, feels safe in Ret- this retract, small podcast. Retract, retrench, mate. <laughs> I'm retrenching. Okay. Um, 
the bottles actually a very good point uh, just a, another tangent on top of our tangent is yeah. that rock climbers used to carry uh, carry sig bottles which are the metal flasks yeah. because if you're uh, if you're in a pickle halfway up an alpine mountain you can bash it into a crevasse uh, not a crevasse into a crevice in the rock loop your rope around it and then abseil off it yeah which is cool Incredibly scary. <laughs> <laughs> you put in yeah, all your weight. Hmm, yeah, really. So to, that bit of the conversation's done. That's then done. going back to multi-product, I think that that's I think that that's what's happening. And I would really love the listeners to weigh on in on this. Do you think multi-use products are on the way out, or are they more here and here than ever? Because um, you seem to have a slightly different view than I do. But let us know at podcast.iwalker.co.uk. Sounds good. And now good to go back one more bit of the conversation. Oh, okay. We're back to the office tech and health. Oh, right. Anything else you would like to say with uh, uh, to, to round up? I mean, I really now need to somehow get an uplift desk through uh, office expenses, which I don't think will happen. But I'm tempted to get a hammock. Oh, no, we have a hammock. We do have a hammock. Our CTO's got a hammock. Yes, mm, they do. It does. Right, I'm going to borrow the hammock. Okay. Um, All right. Um, And now I thought we would go on to... Brilliant or Bonkers. That's right. Brilliant or Bonkers, where we look at quotes from the whole big wide world that is our planet and all the people in it who have ever been, and we decide whether a quote is brilliant or bonkers. Okay. Listeners of the last uh, show with Matt and myself will know that we've put a slight twist on it this time where we're trying to guess the person who said the quote. And this is, I'm still still sticking to my guns. This is the most ridiculous thing we've done on this podcast. Is you, one of us picking a quote from an unknown member of 7 billion people and then going, who said that? That's not, yeah, I'll, I'll play the game, but I'm just, had, objection noted, okay? Yes, objection yeah. is duly noted. You, you are, I... From the bottom of my soul, I hate to admit it, but you are right <laughs> that five questions to figure out who on the planet said yeah, that it was is bad. quite difficult. Yeah. So we have, uh, to use a, a tech, well, startup term, pivoted. Pivoted. Pivoted yeah. it slightly. Entirely adjusted our thought process. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Done a complete U-turn, <laughs> but want to say a face about it. And they've made it about five clues. Five clues. Up to five clues right. and see if you can guess it. Okay. What's the quote? The quote is the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, that's long and, you know, gives me lots of data to work with. Yep, you have six words to, oh, <laughs> to figure out okay. who in human history said this quote. Unexpected life. So how do the, how do the hints work? Can I have my first hint? And then you, I might get an understanding okay, of how Okay, you can have your first hint. They lived quite a long time ago. Oh, great. <laughs> They're vague and unhelpful. <laughs> I appreciate these hints. Thank you very much. Uh, and also, very indiscreet on how long ago they lived. Is mm. it within the last 100 years, the last 1,000 years? Uh, okay. It was longer ago than that. Longer ago than 1,000 years. Okay. Um, An unexamined life is not worth living. So I'm immediately thinking it's going to be towards either Japanese or Greek um, authors, if, it, if we're looking that far back, because typically they're the only real texts that have got much credence these days. Looking at people like Aesop, uh, Sun Tzu, uh, or Sun Tzu, sorry. And I Sun will Z. say it is um, of Greek origin. Oh, Greek origin. Okay. That doesn't actually help me because there's so many of them. 
So it's a Greek and unexamined. Matt, Matt, Matt just, just to interrupt. You know me, right, by now. Mm, you know yeah, what my penchant is. What's your penchant? Well, that business. Oh, is that giving it that's away a, that's too? That's a clue, that's it, isn't it? Is yeah. it? Okay. How many hints are we on? Two? Uh, yeah, ish. Two-ish. You've got I'll three more. I'll take two-ish. That's fine. Um, okay. And can you give me another quote from this person as a hint? Another quote. Um, yes. It is attributed to them that they said that you shouldn't they were talking about the nature of debt and they said that um debt is not all you not always have to repay your debts because um if a mad person lent you a sword and then wanted it back you wouldn't give them a sword back because then they might chop you up showing that you you don't always have to pay back what you're due as a philosophical discussion okay that's quite a good clue no, but it doesn't help me because I have an immediate thought that I don't know this person's name. Um, so we're going Greek. Uh, an unexamined life is not worth living. I keep getting Confucius stuck in my head, but then I'm pretty sure he wasn't Greek. No, he was Chinese. Yeah, um, exactly I'll that. give you another clue. Uh, they, uh, they were executed by poison. Ooh, that's a good clue. Executed by poison. Uh, they were assassinated, con- contend to die, and as con- a t- sorry, what were they condemned yep. to die? Got it. Yeah, Thank I thought you. you said Thank that. you. Thanks, right. mate. Uh, and they had they drank poison to to do it. Okay. Um, what sort of work were they known for? Uh, philosophy. Thanks. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'll give you my last clue. Okay. Last clue. There's a, there's a very famous patriarch top figure then there is a disciple and then there is a disciple next them and they're the most famous greek philosophers oh no we've done this before oh we've covered him as well i covered him i i remember saying this oh this is going to drive me mad when you tell me as well yeah it is it can really you do it is. i'm gonna we could do a countdown uh, galileo Galileo. He's Italian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I think you've run Come out. On. You've run Hold out. On. Who you, was it? It was Socrates. Socrates, you, you brilliant m- bugger. Muppet. Um, <laughs> yes, Socrates. the unexamined life is not worth living is a famous dictum apparently uttered by Socrates at his trial where he, and it basically in Monday meaning is it's about he, he has to, He's being condemned to either exile or or death, right? And he was saying that if he was in exile, he couldn't do his philosophy. He couldn't examine life. And he says that the unexamined life, the life that you don't, um, uh, where he couldn't do what he loved, is not worth living. And it so has come to represent in modern culture um, the the noble choice that it, you, the, the the sort of noble choice that you take upon yourself. And that's not necessarily the choice that saves your own skin, but it's the 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 thing that you should do. Do you think it's at all relevant to small businesses? <laughs> mm, questionably, because that's quite a leap from the original quote as to now the root the what the considered meaning is. Well, he didn't um, want to live the unexamined life, right? So, but it's like the way... But that, is it that or is it also that if it's an unexamined life, then it's a, a, not an impactful life? 
Yeah. And if no one, it's, it, it almost falls into the same realm as if a tree falls in the woods but no, no one hears it, then it did it fall? Doesn't, it's, doesn't if it's mean unexamined, that. is it? Is it worth it? Like, no, did it to me, to me, it's like it. It, it for him, it was the unexact. It was it was the unexamined life, right? But for other people, it's if you were running your business and you could have the choice of saving your skin and keeping the business going and keeping it doing it, or you make a choice that would de- potentially destroy your business, but you think it's quite um, it's the thing that should be done. So, say we had an example at some point about a coffee company that um, lost like a third of its profits because it said that we're not going to sell any cups with disposable plastic. You have to bring a cup in, right? Hmm. That's the that's like the no the concept of the noble yeah, choice. Yeah, I understand that. And, and is I that it comes down to the yeah the ethics and the morals of is it compatible with business should people or is it just like you'd hope so a Disneyland myth I think you'd hope so but it also it very much comes down to the person's own scruples doesn't it yeah so it's um, it depends on how um, ethically minded the uh, the business owner is perhaps Mm. as to whether they are going to make that conscious choice but you'd also hope you wouldn't put yourself in a situation where if you are that way inclined, that way minded, then you wouldn't, you hope, get yourself in a situation where you'd actually have to make that choice. That's very um, valid, yeah. You wouldn't, uh, like, hopefully you wouldn't be condemned to death. And that's it. If, you ha- if you're having an examined life where people are ex- seeing what you're doing and you're very transparent with your actions, then you'd hope those situations wouldn't occur because you'd always have uh, the safeguard of people being aware of what you're up to from the offset. So if I'm to conclude from you... Yes uh, and no. Yes. <laughs> wow. All right, Schrodinger. Um, um, if you can't see it, did it happen and what state's it in? If you do see it, is it going to be in a different state? And did Galileo say it? Uh, what do you think? Brilliant or bonkers? With much deliberation, brilliant. On the face of it, a bit bonkers. Okay. I'll take that. It was a bit of a, it was a better left turn. It certainly lights. wasn't Galileo or Confucius or Sun Tzu. Um, yeah, not mm. Galileo. Yeah, well done, Matt. Thank you very much. Right. Well, <laughs> whoa, that was a like just a bullet machine gun. So we went topic, from facts topic, topic, to a very strange. We've gone from it. We've covered yeah. everything in this podcast, it's which is what a normal I, week, really. I think, huh? Normal. It's week. a normal week between us two in our slightly zany approach to it. But of course, we are now interspersing our podcast with we are. slightly more sedate. Uh, quite informative interviews with business owners. Oh, are they meant to be sedate and informative? Oh, I haven't listened to yours yet, have they? Oh, okay. Don't listen to my interviews. You've been doing quite a lot recently, haven't I you? I have, and I've been doing them on themes and topics that I know nothing about, which actually is brilliant. I know. Because I walk into a room and I have no bias or preconception on the industry I'm talking about, and it's any question I ask is entirely genuine. What do you do? <laughs> like, what's that? T- what's that sector? Um, so yeah, I, who have I interviewed recently? So most recently were the two co-founders of a very successful, uh, growing, um, sustainable, uh, environmentally conscious makeup brand. Cool. Um, so they they have offer. Um, I don't want to go too much no, into no, it. No, 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 don't give it away. You've got yeah, that. They, You've got another to... one with a, so a cat emporium. With, um, oh, the cat emporium. Oh, that was... I, I can't wait to visit. So um, an Alice in Wonderland-themed cat emporium. Oh, my gosh. So Lady uh, Lady Dinah, Lady Dina. Even even the, the founder I was talking to, we, we were debating what the pronunciation is. Uh, Lady Dina's cat emporium. Brilliant. 
Uh, if you like cats, definitely check out, listen to the podcast to find out all about it. Okay, so these podcasts are coming that, up. What, what's your last one? Got one more I've done recently was um, locker creators, so locker designers, um, so home de- home decor through functional yet beautiful lockers. It's great. Amazing. Amazing, mate. Well, these are all yet to be released. Mm. So, listeners, please do stay tuned. Uh, They'll be coming uh, out in uh, upcoming Over the course of the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, But... Until then, I guess it's it's goodbye for now, isn't it? I mean, it's goodbye for me, certainly. I'm away for two weeks now. Well, yes, Ooh. you. we um, we have our winter house um, where I walk and go and um, go skiing and work. No, and no, no, work. We work. Well, work, yeah. I mean, Remote work. working, we call yeah. it. Yeah, uh, from a ski chalet. Yeah. Oh, the chalet, yes. Yes, from the chalet. Well, yes. I think I might try and do a recording out there, actually. So, uh, yeah, I'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'll have to take the equipment. But stay tuned for us. We've got lots week? of content. Uh, yes. Ooh. No, week after. Week after. Oh, I could do what we could. Yeah, bring, take the gear out. I'll see you there. We'll All do right. one in the bar. Great. Thank Cheers. you, listeners. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we will see you soon. Bye for now.